The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon joined by Chris Flum and today we are being joined by another member of Big Blue View who was actually at the Senior Bowl this past week for a number of the practices. That being Nick Filato who does a lot of film breakdown for our website and for Big Blue View. Nick, thank you for joining us and uh, being able to tell us about the amazing experience you had down in Mobile. Chris, Joe, thank you for having me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Mobile is a really hopping place this time of year. You got the Senior Bowl, and then next week, you got Mardi Gras. So those guys are really busy down in Alabama. But overall, it was a great experience, and I'm ready to talk some shop. So before we get in before we get in on to discussing all these draft prospects, we figured it was seemingly appropriate, considering the circumstance of Eli Manning announcing his retirement, to at least discuss what it means for the Giants. So, obviously, Eli Manning had a, a very amazing career with the Giants, won two Super Bowls, all the amazing streaks that he had in terms of starts. Starting off with Chris, you know, what, were you a bit thrown off when you heard the news, and you know, what were your general thoughts on his retirement? Uh, I can't say I was terribly surprised. I just had a hard time picturing Eli playing for any team other than the Giants, unless you know you go back and watch tape of him at Ole Miss. That's, that just didn't seem right, that he would kind of go the Joe Montana or Brett Favre route and finish his career in another uniform for another team. And it just seems right that he went out the way he did on his own terms, kind of at, at a point where it he more or less had the stage to himself. You know, it's not the, it's not the Super Bowl. It's not no playoff games going on today or this weekend. It was, it was just Eli. And like I said, it, it just kind of seems right. Yeah, it definitely seems right that in the timing of it, especially finning, finishing his career record at 117 and 117 with that win over the Dolphins. But if I'm being completely honest, it did not really shock me. I don't think many teams were going to be willing to pay him that much and also to come in and compete to be a starting quarterback I, it seemed like Eli to me was at the end of his road but still huge thanks to him and uh, obviously a big fan of what he's done for the Giants and the, the amazing impact he's had on this franchise yeah man I mean Eli just going out I was in Mobile when I heard that the news that he was announcing retirement and it was kind of a relief because I didn't want Eli to 
end his career, A, in another uniform, and B, kind of trying to go out and find a starting job, a la Joe, Lof- Joe Flacco last year. Granted, he got one with Denver, but just kind of like what Chris said, you can't. I can't imagine Eli Manning in another jersey, and I figure Archie and the Mannings, the Manning royalty would sit him down and be like, this is it's the end right now. I mean, there's not a lot of there's a lot of starting quarterbacks coming in and older guys who cannot move that is being phased out of the NFL at this moment. And I don't think a lot of people were going to run to try to get Eli unless it was to be a backup. So I'm just really relieved that he is not going to be donning another jersey and he's just going to retire. Like he said, always as a giant. Yeah, certainly fitting seeing him go down as a giant. I think a lot of us are really happy that he didn't decide to go play elsewhere and kind of altering his legacy as a player and, and his extended career with just one franchise. But let's get to what we're really here to discuss, which is the Senior Bowl. It is one of the hugest scouting events for senior draft prospects. It is the culmination of all of the All-Star Games. Besides the East-West Shrine game and the NFL PA Bowl, all of the most talented players work towards getting to the Senior Bowl. So, Nick, like we said, you were there in Mobile, had the amazing experience of getting to see the practices during the week and witness these guys in person. Kicking things off with offense, Nick, who were some of the guys that really jumped out to you that would be really good fits for the Giants? Yeah, so kicking it off with the offense, I mean, I can go on, I could talk about Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, those guys are more than likely going to be first round picks, but we're not going to dive much into the quarterback play or the running backs. I think Javon Kinlaw, though, he's a he's a defensive player, he's another person I'm not going to get into because I don't see the Giants going big defensive line in the first round, but he's another one down there that's probably going to be a first round pick and had a really good week. But as for the wide receivers, I do feel there were a few down there that the Giants could be looking into, maybe in that second round range, maybe after. One, Denzel Mims. He's come from Baylor. He's six foot two, 206 pounds, and he was actually much faster and more fluid than I expected. I think Mims, man, he had a very good week down there in Mobile. He was winning on a variety of different routes, nine routes, curls back to the quarterback, curls to the silent and on some inside breaking routes as well, where he showed a very good ability to kind of sink his hips in and out of breaks, had sudden burst also out of those breaks. And for a guy of his size and his build, it kind of surprised me because he is kind of all legs. When you look at him, he has very, very long legs, but he's not necessarily one of those guys who's just a long strider. He can break down and sink his weight, like I said before. I feel like he did very well for himself in Mobile, looked very smooth, and I feel like the only players that looked smoother than him at the wide receiver position, other than KJ Hill, who I'll get to in a bit, is Van Jefferson. He was another player that's down there. If you guys paid attention on Twitter, a lot of people were talking about Van Jefferson. He comes from Florida. He's six foot one, 197 pounds, and he was so fluid as a route runner. There was a clip going around Twitter right now of him putting a move on a defensive back. Don't know which defensive back it was, and it's probably best for that defensive back because he stuck his inside foot off the stem, stuck his inside foot, and got the defensive back's leverage to just shoot that way, and then he just effortlessly glides and runs a fade route, and he just burnt the defensive player. I mean, Van Jefferson looked incredibly smooth, finding soft spots in zones uh, during the team periods and things along those lines, and another wide receiver, kind of a similar build, a lot bigger than Van Jefferson, though, when it comes to his weight. Michael Pittman Jr., that's USC, six foot three, 219 pounds. I mean, I'm talking about excellent size, ability to accelerate, very large catch radius, has a lot of body control, and a lot of physicality at the catch point. And I, I'm saying Pittman's really interesting for the Giants, maybe even at the top of the second round, because if the Giants feel like they need that X-type receiver for Garrett's offense, Michael Pittman could be that kind of person. Me personally, 
I don't want the Giants to take a receiver that high with all the other needs that the Giants do have. But, you know, I'm not making the decisions. But Pittman would be a very good player for that because he could fill that role. And he is another smooth mover and another big body. Somebody, another big body that is also that also played really well down there in Mobile is Chase Claypool. He's six foot four, two twenty nine. I mean, he's like a biscuit away from playing tight end. But Claypool, I thought he wasn't going to be able to separate that well because he is that big. But he was still able to separate in the one on one reps against defensive backs. I mean, he has ten inch hands, incredibly strong at the catch point, and he uses his body very well to shield away from defenders. And he also has some special teams background, so he provides value in that way. I think Claypool did himself well down here in Mobile. James Prochet from SMU. He's a smaller dude, but I swear the guy catches everything. He had 111 receptions this past year, over 1,200 yards for SMU, and he was catching everything at the Mobile practices as well. Somebody's going to get an absolute steal in Prochet because this class is very, very deep at this position at the wide receiver group. Prochet may be around in the fourth round, possibly even the fifth round. That's going to be an absolute steal. The guy has soft hands, very quick in and out of his breaks, can accelerate very well. Again, very smart route runner as well. So I think Prochet did really well down here. And then there's KJ Hill from Ohio State. Hill was almost uncoverable in Mobile. If you haven't seen the one-handed catch and body adjustment that he had in practice, go check it out. It's all over Twitter. I know Brian Hartline is the wide receiver coach now for Ohio State, and he's doing an excellent job teaching these receivers the nuances of route running. Hill routinely was open down there, selling breaks well up the stem with subtle head fakes, hard sticks with the inside foot going outside, things along those nature. He's just a really polished route runner, and there's a little subtle push-offs at the top of breaks as well. He utilizes that very, very well, had very, very strong hands and a really good ability to concentrate over the middle of the field. So KJ Hill did really well for himself as well. And then for the tight end position, Adam Troutman from Dayton. A lot of people are talking about this kid. He's six foot five, 251 pounds, made a lot of money for himself this week. Big target, solid catch radius, strong hands. A lot of people were talking about this guy all week. And we don't really know the future of Evan Ingram in New York. Kane Smith, I mean, he played well in this inaugural season, but Troutman would be a solid addition at tight end. Guy who can block, has enough speed to win. Granted, he's not the athletic freak that Evan Ingram is, but he's somebody who did really well for himself and I expect him to rise upwards. Say it's kind of funny. You mentioned some guys we wanted to ask you about specifically: Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman, uh, Adam Troutman. I had just had my scouting report on Van Jefferson go up today. I was doing work on Pittman pretty much just before we came on. So, yeah, you know, we were going to ask you more about him. You just kind of stole the wind right out of our sails with those. Yeah, I would say I absolutely saw what you were talking about with uh, Jefferson and his route running. I. On tape, I loved watching him sell double moves because he would fake guys right out of their cleats. And with Pittman, I think he definitely could be a guy who can play all over the offensive formation. USC used him as a slot. They used him as X flanker. He's a better route runner than I think you would expect from a guy his size. And I also really like the way he uses his hands to clear DBs to get his release because he he's not quite as sudden as some of the smaller guys like Jefferson and definitely KJ Hill who yeah I saw that vid and that was ridiculous and there's all these really big body receivers that are participating in the senior bowl and and you touched upon how the fact that if you are a corner at the senior bowl you know it's probably a very tough week to be having facing up against one of the most talented draft classes for receiver that we've seen in a a very long time One, one guy though I'm a bit interested in that you didn't bring up 
And I think he had a lot of questions about him because he's a smaller school guy, a smaller FBS program from Liberty, and that's Antonio Gandy-Golden. I was just wondering what you kind of thought and saw from him or if he didn't really jump off the off the, off the the field, the practice field for you because he got kind of weighted down by some of these other bigger name guys that you were you were so excited by. Well, Gandy-Golden, uh, I felt like he uh, his biggest question mark coming into the whole draft process is his ability to separate. And while he's not going to naturally create separation all the time because his athletic ability isn't as high as some of these other guys, I still feel like he had a solid week down there. I mean, the guy has incredibly good hands, incredibly strong hands at the catch point, things along those lines. I didn't see him pop as much as I wanted to. And uh, I, I like... Liberty, I follow their football program. You know, they get Hugh Freeze in. They make that jump up to the next level. And I was hoping to see a little bit more. But at the same time, you're running around a lot of practice trying to get over to see the defensive line drills. Sometimes maybe I just overlooked it and didn't see as much, but doesn't mean that it wasn't there. It's just not something that jumped out at me as much as some of the other guys that I listed. And I hope uh, he goes to the combine and he's able to kind of, you know, run something that's sub four six. So those question marks about his separation can kind of be at least hushed a little bit because I did see a couple one-on-one reps when I was in the film room after. Usually when you get them with practice, you can go to the film room and watch where he was separating from some of the corners. But I think the other receivers that I brought up just kind of made a little bit more noise than Gandy Golden. Offensive line is a, a clear and pressing need for the Giants right now. And there's a, a pretty talented crop there. There's also two smaller school guys in Ben Barch and Alex Taylor that were participating in the senior bowl out of all those guys that you got to watch this week, who really impressed you and who specifically would be a, a really great New York giant if they decided to select him. So Ben Barch, I mean, he's the kid from St. John's. He's six foot five, 308 pounds, and he was opening eyes from his first snaps. You're talking about a player who is incredibly physical. He played to the end of the whistle, was the last person to always give the defensive lineman a shove. So he has that kind of mean streak to him, something like Will Hernandez definitely had when he went down there as well. I thought he packed a very, very powerful punch, kept his elbows tight, hands inside. He had really, really good fundamentals and form, smooth footwork to mirror as well. I mean, it's arms came in at 33 inches, which aren't super long. And I've heard people down in Mobile saying that the NFL is going to try him out at guard possibly. But just from those first couple days of practice that I saw Barge, he looked like he could compete at tackle. And he's definitely somebody who's going to be sliding up boards like crazy, kind of like Aldi Marpet did from Hobart a few years back when he went down to the senior bowl. Ben Barch did a lot of good things for himself. And I used to be a D3 coach, so I love seeing Division three players kind of go to a huge event. Jim Nagy does a really good job giving these players from smaller schools this opportunity, and Barch just did not disappoint. And I heard scouts talking about him. I heard media personnel talking about him. I saw it with my own eyes. Ben Barch really made himself some money this week. Another player that was really, really effective was Lloyd Cushenberry. Wrote about him for the website. Six foot three, 312 pounds, offensive center from LSU. He has smooth feet and a very good ability to anchor and stalemate rushing defensive tackles when they're trying to bull rush him. Cushenberry, I mean, he was just very effective those first two days at practice. And I mean, from what I saw, he was the only lineman to really halt Kinlaw, and he did it on a few different occasions. Very good feet, quick hands, a low frame that lends to a low center of gravity, and he's able to employ all those things effectively with really good fundamentals as well. Cush and his teammate Damian Lewis both had very good weeks. Damian Lewis is another player that 
was he was just playing right next to him same practice that south practice and he was also showing up showing a low center of gravity i thought his first day wasn't as good as his second day but he's another player that i would not mind seeing donning the giants blue keith ishmael from san diego state he was six three six three three hundred pounds i thought he showed very fluid hips in those 2v2 stunt drills which i remember saying about will hernandez the year i went down and will hernandez played at the recent senior ball i mean san diego state runs a lot of power gap that's what their thing's all about that's what their offense is centralized around and the Giants may be employing a lot more power gap kind of concepts with Jason Garrett as our offensive coordinator and Ishmael while he's not the biggest I feel like he's somebody who can kind of come in here and just utilize really good fundamentals from just the few reps that I saw he was able to kind of unhinge his hips take on that 2v2 on the stunt and just kind of pack a pretty powerful punch, showed good anchor, and really, really clean footwork as well. So he's somebody that opened my mind. Ben Bredesen from Michigan, six foot four, three sixteen, had a very solid week and rarely lost any reps in those 1v1s. So he's another player, interior offensive lineman, played, I think, 40-plus games for Michigan, started most of them at guard. So I know the Giants are pretty set at guard, but still somebody to keep in mind. I thought Matt Pert from UConn, he's six foot six, 310 pounds. Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, talked about how Matt Pert was basically the Brickashaw Ferguson. And while that is very high praise, I kind of see where he's talking about just in the fact that in pass protection, he's very smooth. Now, his run blocking, I didn't really get to see as much of that. I mean, they do the drills, but it's not really the same as in the game. And in team drills, I didn't see many big mistakes from him. But during the game, I'm, I'm going to be paying attention to Matt Pert because in the pass blocking, he had me sold with his smooth footwork, his ability to mirror quick feet, powerful punch, locks out, able to handle counter moves, things along those lines. So he's somebody that really intrigued me as well. And then um, just Logan Sternberg, Kentucky, six foot six, 317 pounds. I think I, I just remember his coach kept praising him and I was watching other things, but I was close enough to hear the coach. So the coach kept praising his footwork and I don't believe I went back and substantiated that on the film, but I wanted to bring it up because obviously if the coach of the team that he's playing on is praising him, that's a good thing. thought Josh Jones, six foot five, three eleven from Houston. Everybody's talking about Josh Jones and I, I, you're hearing so many mixed things. Did he have a good week? Did he have a bad week? I'm hearing both, to be honest. From what I saw, his very first rep in 1v1s, he got absolutely torched. But then after that, he was able to kind of not overset or do any of the things that he kind of did on that first rep. And he was solid from the things I saw. He was able to kind of keep his elbows inside, punch inside, and showed a little bit of patience as well, which is something that you want to see from somebody who's not going to overcommit and then overextend at the hips and kind of leave themselves vulnerable. So I thought he had a solid week. I don't know if he's a first round pick because I didn't grind his film yet, but that will be coming. Awesome. I was glad to hear you say that Cushenberry showed quick hands because that was, I think, my one concern watching his tape and especially going back to his 2018 tape is that sometimes his hands were a little bit slow getting up after the snap. And he, especially if he was head up on a defensive tackle, you know, zero technique, guys would kind of get into his chest plate. But I think that just watching over his games and then from what you said from the Senior Bowl, that sounds like something he was really been working on, really working to improve. So I really hope that can continue because he has a lot of nice traits. He's got a lot of things you want to see in a center. I also recently just got done watching Matt Peart. And I can tell you, if he plays in the game like he did for Connecticut, he is going to get after guys run blocking. He is a very aggressive run blocker. Sometimes has some issues with leverage, but definitely takes it to defenders, especially when he gets up to the second level. 
All right, now we're going to continue on to the defensive players that really jumped out to you, Nick. But before we do that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Up next here for us, discussing defensive players that had a really good week at the Senior Bowl and those that really stood out to Nick, who was there in Mobile, Alabama. Nick, who who really jumped off that practice field for you defensively that fits the current Giants needs so we'll start at defensive line and while the Giants strength on the defensive side of the football is their defensive line I have to bring up Jason Strobridge from UNC six foot four 267 pounds he showed he was opening a lot of eyes and having a lot of oohs and ahs in the stands I mean a lot of lateral quickness heavy hands a really powerful punch with quick feet showing a lot of lateral agility I mean Strobridge was winning 1v1s routinely and just everybody kind of was just taking notice and then he got into the team period on day two batted two balls down consecutively at the line of scrimmage so Strobridge really had himself a very good day down there I thought Davin Hamilton Ohio State six foot three 327 pounds just kind of showed a lot of ability to bull rush what you're going to expect from somebody of that side played with very good leverage as well. So Hamilton had a pretty good week four defensive lineman. Again, not sure if the Giants are going to go in that direction, maybe later on in the draft. And if they do, Robert Windsor from Penn State, six foot four, 287. I mean, I just had to mention this guy because he was all over the place in 1v1s. He would stay low, explode low to high, had violent hands that he could use to disengage from blockers, had multiple moves as well. And he didn't win every rep. I mean, he got off balance a little bit too much by trying to throw powerful clubs and then just kind of missing his landmarks with his hand placement. But there were other reps where he would land those punches and it would really work out for him. So Windsor, you could 
just kind of see he has a really, really high motor and just plays in a very, very competitive manner. Now, I got to talk about these edge prospects, right? We got a couple edge prospects that really showed up. Josh Uche being one. Michigan, six foot one, 241 pounds. He had over seven sacks the last two seasons up there at Michigan. I mean, he has a very, very explosive first step, a lot of suddenness with his movements and an ability to kind of string pass rushing moves together. So he has that pass rushing repertoire, which he utilized a lot. The speed that he has up that arc would always get tackles to overcommit. And then he would hit them with a club and an inside spin move or just a little outside shoulder dip and then go right back inside. He was doing that routinely and winning with those inside counter moves because his movement skills up the arc were really, really good. And his movement skills in space, the coaches put him out in space against linebackers and he really showed up well doing that. So he's an incredible athlete. And the concerns about him with Uche may be the fact that he might be somewhat of a tweener, which I feel like is kind of a thing that's dying in today's NFL. But with Uche, he may struggle to stop the run. And that could be an issue because then he would just become a situational pass rusher or you could try to move him off the ball. So where will he play at the next level will be a question for Josh Uche, but there he can get the passer. And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And he has that kind of quick twitch, sudden type of style of play. So Uche definitely had himself a really good day. I thought Jabari Zuninga from Florida, six foot three, two fifty three. He's another player that was really, really effective down there. Very quick first three steps up the arc. He has that ability to kind of hit you with an outside arm club or rip through with the inside arm ability to swivel the hips and corner through contact, bending through contact, which is a thing that I really like to pay attention to for these edge rushers. Yes, you can get up the arc. You're really, really fast. But what if the offensive lineman is able to make good contact with you? Can you bend through that contact and show that flexibility? Yes, Zuninga did that routinely. He was just uniquely quick, very, very sudden. If Zuninga does slide in the draft, that is definitely a player the Giants have to pursue, as is his teammate, Jonathan Grenard, six foot three, two sixty-two. I mean, he's a bit bigger. He transferred from Louisville in 2019. He's a bit more physical and packs a more powerful punch than Zuninga, albeit Zuninga does have an ability to stun with his hands as well. But Grenard just showed up well and won a lot of these 1v1 reps that I've been talking about. He had more than 15 and a half tackles for a loss his last two seasons, remember one in Gainesville, one being at Louisville, and he had 10 sacks his one season in Gainesville. And he's, I would say he's a little bit more adept at handling himself in the run than Zuninga is. He's a bit more of a complete player, but he's definitely somebody that I wanted to pay, uh, mention to Giants fans to pay attention to. That's Jonathan Grenard. And I think Kenny Willickis from Michigan State, he's six foot three, 252 pounds. He has a really unique stance. He literally, like, he puts his hand in the dirt. His head is almost in the dirt as well. And then his inside arm is, like, up in the air and is cranked at a 90-degree angle. And his butt is really, really high in the air. It's a really, really weird-looking stance. But He's able to explode out of that stance with really good quickness. And I wanted to bring him up, man. He blew up a play against Purdue's Bryson Hopkins in team drills where he was a backside pursuit defender and he drove Hopkins probably because of that weird stance. It really limits the surface area of his chest. And then blockers who aren't as nuanced or experienced, like a tight end, cannot kind of get a hold of his chest. And that's exactly what happened. He drove Hopkins right back into the running back on like an inside zone or something from the backside. It was really, really impressive and had a lot of people talking about it. And Kenny was also somebody who was just very vocal during the practice. You heard him seem like a really good team guy. I thought he was a really unique edge prospect that I wanted to bring up as well. Both Alabama guys, um, totally different in their own right. Anthony Jennings, six foot one, two fifty two. Terrell Lewis, six foot five, two fifty eight. And Terrell Lewis is very, very intimidating looking. He's a gigantic mountain of a man. 
Jennings is a little bit smaller, but both of them were winning their one-on-ones. Not as much with Lewis. I wanted to see more from Lewis, but he just looks like a football player, whereas Jennings was kind of using those subtle head fakes and just making that contact and dipping around. Both those guys had injury issues at Alabama, but they were both showing up, and we both, or all three of us know, the Giants are going to need some edge prospects, and these guys here in Mobile definitely kind of held their own. For once, I have a question about a guy that you didn't get to. That's uh, Bradley and E out of Utah. So, you know, watching him, I, there are just plays where it looks like he explodes out of a cannon into the backfield. What did you see from him? And I really didn't, he didn't catch my eye, and we're just rhyming here, as much as uh, I think I would have liked him to. But I did see quickness off the snap. He just wasn't winning the one-on-ones as much. And I didn't get to see as much of the team period as I would have liked. But he didn't necessarily catch my eye. It doesn't mean he necessarily had a bad week. It's just I didn't really see enough of him. But yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Anai from contemporaries in this business. And I do have the film on my iPad and I was going to go back and watch it throughout this weekend. So hopefully maybe there's something else. But just in the 1v1 stuff that I was really, really paying attention to, I didn't see as much as I would have hoped. So I was a bit curious though before you hit on the linebackers because Terrell Lewis is, is an edge prospect obviously, but did they give him any reps or opportunities to do anything as an outside linebacker or was he strictly in one-on-ones and, and all that stuff as an edge player? A lot of those guys who were kind of multifaceted and can play, they gave a lot of opportunities to. I didn't see as much of the linebackers as I would have liked, but I did see him kind of leave the defensive line drills and that's where he was going because he didn't get injured or anything like that. So they did give him that that ability, but I just didn't see enough of it to kind of articulate myself and give an accurate portrayal of how he did in those drills. So speaking of linebackers though, who were some of the other guys that really impressed you in their performance because right now I I think we can all agree that a a major need is an inside linebacker for the Giants because the Alec Ogletree is not getting the job done we don't really know if Ryan Connolly is the answer as a middle linebacker was there any senior prospects there that looked pretty good I would say Akeem Davis Gaither out of Appalachian State. He's six foot one, two hundred and nineteen pounds, and you can just tell he's very, very quick. Has incredibly quick feet and a very good ability to kind of close with and burst. So he's really, really instinctual with that. Very smooth mover in space. He's somebody that jumped out to me. Wrote about him on the first day. And Cam Brown from Penn State. This is a player that didn't necessarily jump out on film. And again, because I didn't see as much of the linebackers as I would have liked, but I thought Cam Brown, his build, he's six foot five, two thirty-two. If the Giants do not go the Isaiah Simmons direction and they go somewhere else in the first round or trade back or what have you, this guy, obviously not the player that Isaiah Simmons is, lay that out, but he does have a similar build and he was used at Penn State in a more in a fashion to where there he could be one of those hybrid type players. So I wanted to bring up Cam Brown out of Penn State as well. With Zach Bond from Wisconsin, six foot two, two hundred forty pounds. Now this wouldn't be the first Wisconsin edge player to kind of make that switch to off-ball linebacker. That kind of happens a lot, and Wisconsin players are always touted for high mental processing, i.e., Ryan Connolly. I look at Bond, and he was getting first-round talk. I didn't necessarily see that in Mobile, but I did see somebody who just has a lot of versatility and somebody who is a fluid mover. When he was put on the edge. Uh, as an edge, I didn't see him dominate 1v1s or anything like that, but he got moved a lot to those linebacker positions, was covering in space and doing that at an effective level from what I saw. So Zach Bond is another player that you want to pay attention to. A lot of people giving him first round buzz, although I think there's like 90 or 100 players right now that have first round buzz because that's just kind of the way the draft process is. Everybody's a first round pick until the draft kind of rolls around. But those would be the three that kind of jumped out a little bit from what I saw of the linebacker position. 
As for the defensive backs, Kyle Duggar from Lenore Ryan, he's six foot, 217 pounds. I feel like he had another really, really good week. I mean, these small school guys kind of all showed up and balled out between Barch, Duggar, and even Gandy Golden. Uh, I felt like he had a pretty solid week, although I didn't bring him up before, and you guys mentioned him. I'm very glad you guys did. But Duggar had an interception on day two. He undercut a route that he was initially beat on, so he shows that recovery speed, something that a lot of people don't possess. He has that kind of close-with mentality. He's able to kind of do that. And he also showed an ability to play single high safety while also doing very well in man coverage against the tight ends like the Florida Atlanta kid, uh, Harrison Bryant, and Vanderbilt's kid, uh, Jared Pinkney. So I think... Duggar is somebody who also made money as well. Very good size, not afraid of contact, kind of comes downhill, was able to stick, like the angles that he was taking in team as well. Uh, Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame, 5'11", 193. I felt like he was on top of routes so much, he was making breaks, especially on day one, before the receiver was, especially on some of those outside routes. So I thought Troy Pride, somebody who could possibly play nickelback, we know the Giants are in line to maybe look for a nickelback with Grant Haley kind of not being able to cover, although he's amazing against the run and Corey Ballantyne struggling all season. So Troy Pride Jr., somebody I felt like had a pretty good week. Josh Metellus from Michigan, 5'11", 210. He has pretty good size. He's another person, safety, that I feel like I think he had a pick in one of the practices and he was just kind of all over the place, opening people's eyes as well. And then Jeremy Chin, who is a safety and he played cornerback. He comes from Southern Illinois. Incredible size, six foot three, two hundred nineteen pounds. Has recorded at least three interceptions and five pass deflections in every season during his career. And not to mention, he is just very physically imposing and very effective coming downhill, making kind of huge hits. I mean, the Giants already have a player that is somewhat like that in Peppers, and. I need to do a little bit more film work on Chin because I know he played a lot of two high in college. I don't know if he has that range necessary to kind of play single high if the Giants defense is going to do that with Patrick Graham. I know they ran a lot of middle of the field closed concepts when he was down in Miami. Granted, that could be a little bit different with different personnel, but I really liked what I saw from Chin and I asked him a question at the media day. You know, I'm a, you know, I like to consider myself a really good journalist. So I asked him a very a very important question, and that is, if you were a mythical creature, which mythical creature would you be? And he gave me probably the best answer, where he basically just articulated that he would be somebody who can fly, be invisible, he can run fast, he would be super strong. So he was describing Superman to me. So I retorted to him, so you would be Superman. And then somehow, he flipped the conversation to bring it to football, and I was like, so essentially, Jeremy Chin, you're telling me you can play safety, cornerback, nickelback, linebacker, edge rusher. And he was like, that's exactly what I'm telling you. And it was a very smooth transition by the young man. So I wanted to bring him up as well because he looked good in practice and he definitely has some character to him. Yeah, I've had the chance to to talk with Chin and um, he is like an underrated version of Isaiah Simmons in the sense that everyone's talking about how, how versatile Simmons is and how he can do everything. And I, I think not that many people know about Chin because he's coming from an FCS program. But if you actually watch and see what he can do, he has that capability to play all of these positions on the defense in multiple situations. Like you said, he can play linebacker in sub packages. He, he's a clearly a safety but he can also cover in the slot if you need him to he's athletic enough to do all of those things I would again he's a like a day two version of Isaiah Simmons and I think he'll be a huge impact player for whatever defense he ends up on I've actually kind of been thinking of maybe Kyle Duggar Jeremy Chin uh maybe to a slightly lesser extent Antoine Brooks Jr. as guys who 
could be kind of in that. I'm not even sure there's a name for the position that kind of box safety will linebacker unicorn. Anyway, that position, if the Giants don't draft Isaiah Simmons at four, maybe one of those guys could be an option for him a little bit later on, or maybe even try Jabril Peppers there. So I'll open this last little bit up to discussion for everybody here. And if you could really pick one player from the senior bowl, we'll start with you, Nick, that you would like to see the Giants draft, who who would it be? That I would like to see the Giants draft. One player, I would I'm looking at somebody like Ben Barch or Matt Pert, one of those linemen or Lloyd Cushenberry. So I'm looking at that offensive line and kind of trying to stabilize that offensive line because Realistically, someone like Javon Kinlaw would be amazing, but the Giants aren't going to put an investment in the defensive line, and Javon Kinlaw is an incredibly talented player. I would go that direction, or maybe Michael Pittman Jr., If depending on where he would go, but I think that might be a little bit too rich. I don't know if the Giants will select him with that day two pick. It's kind of hard to say at this point, but those are some of the players that I thought were solid there and that the Giants could utilize. Jonathan Grenard is another one that I felt like had a really good week down there and that could fit what the Giants are trying to do, and the Giants definitely need edge prospects. So that's something that uh, definitely entices me as well. For me, you, you hit him. Uh, the one guy down in Mobile that I'd like to see be a giant is Lloyd Cushenberry. You know, I'm at this point, especially if he shows out at the combine, I'm just hoping, crossing my fingers, he lasts to them at the top of the second round. I think it'll be interesting to see how he, uh, Tyler Biotish, and Nick Harris shake out at, as the top three in the center class. Kind of find it interesting you didn't mention Nick Harris, but from what I've I've seen and heard looking around, he didn't have the greatest uh, week of practice there. No, man. In all honesty, Nick Harris lost money, I think, at, at Mobile. I mean, he showed out 200, 292 pounds, and it just – there were reps where he had to go against guys like – Devon Hamilton from Ohio State, the Nebraska kid, like he was going against those players who are 300 plus and he was getting bullied around. So, and it was more than evident. Everyone knew it was one of those, it was kind of sad to see, to be honest, because I was really intrigued to watch Nick Harris and it just wasn't there. But yeah, my one guy, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, because the Giants have really gone to the scratch and dent bin with their center position the last two years. And I think we've seen it show up on the feet, on the fit, seen it show up on the field. I always feel like you need that that smart, experienced center in the middle of your offense, the guy who can call protections, who can work off of the double teams, who can work up to the second level, who can be a rock against you know those big athletic nose tackles, you know, really help your guards set the depth to the pocket, just do all of those things. And the Giants just have not had him with John Jalapio and Spencer Pulley. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that, Chris. I think Cushenberry for me has to be my lock of a pick of a guy at the senior bowl from all of the buzz I've been seeing on Twitter and from pretty much most sources, big sources on Twitter that are are rating these guys. A lot of them are praising Cushenberry and his performance during the senior bowl. And Nick, you also gave a, a really good review on him as well right now. And we discussed this during the offensive line show that they need to draft and develop someone for that center position because Jalapio was not getting the job done this past season. They need to start fresh. They need to start young. And it seems like Cushenberry is that type of guy that can step right in. He's smart enough to, um, he he's performed well enough on a, on a bigger stage to really prove that he could be that capable guy. And I, I would not be surprised if he is available passed into the second or third round. That would be a really good opportunity for the Giants to select him. All right, that is going to be it from us 
from the Chris and Joe show. Nick, thank you for taking the time to join us and talk with us today. Uh, hopefully this is not the last time we talk with you. We'd love to have you on throughout this draft process to discuss more draft process prospects. But again, thank you for uh, taking the time to talk with us. Hey, thank you guys for having me. It was a lot of fun. All right. Make sure you write and subscribe wherever you're listening to us. Also, be sure to follow us on social media. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Filato. Also follow Big Blue View on Twitter at Big Blue View. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon and you can follow Chris at Raptor MKII.